Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, Double Portion Nation. We want to let you know that we have one more session with Evangelist Greg Godwin. I have enjoyed these immensely. I'm sure you have too. But because of the Thanksgiving holiday, we will be taking a break. And this session will be on Thanksgiving. This will be some of the greatest discussions that you will ever have around the Thanksgiving dinner table. So you don't want to miss it. God bless you. Second Kings chapter 2 and verse number 9 reads like this. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Welcome to Double Portion Podcast. Aggravating circumstances in my life. We're so glad to have you all back on Double Portion Podcast with us. Thank you for all of you that are looking in and listening in on this great portion and session of Double Portion this round. And we are moving into the holidays, and uh, these are really wonderful times. And we are mindful that uh, many times during the holidays, people do suffer uh, from depression. We don't know why that is. That is a phenomena that uh, we're not sure why that is, but w- we want to talk about some things today that will maybe help us uh, kind of move out of that, move back into family, uh, move back into uh, the the way that we connect and we relate. And uh, I can't think of a better way to do that than than this great holiday that we call Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Moving into the holiday season, maybe we can get Bishop to do one around Christmas about how Santa Claus was an apostolic. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Not Santa Claus, Nicholas, the one that, that, the, that the Catholics have adopted as St. Nick. But we will talk about that when the time comes. So stay tuned, brothers and sisters. But today... We're talking about Thanksgiving. Let me let me say this, and uh, again, if you have any comments or or you have occasions of Thanksgiving that mean so much to you and traditions and 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 memories, we would love for you to reach out and tell us. Uh, we would just be so thrilled because this is all about family and relationships. So we'd love to hear from you, and uh, what, later on we can tell you how to do that, but. We do want to hear from each and every one of you that can respond to this. My my thoughts along this is a few months ago, I was again researching uh, the world of the Anabaptist movement. And the Anabaptist movement was a progression out of the Reformation movement, which happened many hundreds of years ago, almost a thousand years ago, maybe a little over a thousand years ago. And the Reformation movement started with Martin Luther in the 95 Theses that he tacked upon the door of the Catholic Church and his grievances with their non-biblical practices, and some of them were very, very corrupt. From that, uh, we understand that Martin Luther simply was protesting the Catholic Church. Hence, we get the word Protestant protestant and he did not want to be separated from the catholic church he simply wanted to reform the catholic church hence the reformation and so uh because of this he uh began his quest this was during the time of what we know as the inquisition was at the beginning of it, but the Catholic Church was very, very powerful at that time in Europe. And Martin Luther was there in Germany. And uh, 
uh, he did have a benefactor, and I think the guy's name was uh, King. Oh, I can't remember his name now, but he was one of the kings of the city states that were there in Germany. Germany was not a complete nation at that time, just a bunch of city states in that area. And so uh, uh, this man kind of protected Martin Luther from the Catholic Church and the Inquisition when they brought him to trial. They wanted to kill him, but there was one particular portion of history that saved Martin Luther's life. Mitch or Jeff, you may want to comment on what that was. The printing press. The printing press of Gutenberg saved Martin Luther's life. He was able to print, I think it was almost 400,000 copies of his 95 Thesis, and he he had an army of volunteers that passed those out, tacked those on all kinds of churches. And I believe the name of the king was King Frederick something or another. My memory fails me now. This was all a fascinating part of history that I have looked into. And so uh, they could not kill Martin Luther, but they banished him from the Catholic Church. And so he started the Lutheran Church and the Reformation Movement. And from there, there was Zwingli, there was, uh, and later on, there was Calvin, there was a, a ton of them. I can't think of them right now. But in, in all of that, uh, in Martin Luther's battle cry was uh, sola scriptura, which is Latin for only scripture. But he didn't stick with the scripture. He stuck with Catholic uh, practices and right. traditions. And you say, what what does this have to do with Thanksgiving? Well, hang on. I'll tell you here in a minute. So uh, from that, he was still doing a lot of the practices, the uh, catechisms. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, somebody that's Lutheran can correct me on this, but I think even the Lutherans still have catechism for their children. They still sprinkle their infants, which is non-biblical baptism. And, uh, uh, and, and other various practices that Martin Luther just incorporated into the Lutheran Church from the Catholic Church. So uh, with that, there were other men that were not satisfied with Reformation. They wanted to go back to the original apostolic movements and, and the doctrines that were taught by the apostles. And many of these became known as Anabaptists, and they went so far as to embrace what the apostles preached on the day of Pentecost. They preached Acts 2.38. You can find this historically. They preached Jesus was God. Michael Servetus was burned at the stake by John Calvin Yeah. uh, because he practiced and believed that Jesus was God. There were many of these Anabaptists that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and as you processed through history we come into this time in Europe where there was a stirring in England there was a stirring in Ireland there was a stirring in Holland there was there was a a wonderful move of the holy spirit of god that was going on there and many of these people were able to have a Bible. Now, it was against the law. And if they were found out that they had a Bible, they could be burned at the stake, they could be killed, but they they practiced their faith, even at the threat of imprisonment, even up to death. And And they would shake under the power of the Holy Ghost. So they became known as shakers, and they would quake under the power of the Holy Ghost as they would speak in tongues, and they became known as Quakers and Shakers. William Penn, who had the original uh, charter for the state of Pennsylvania, was a Quaker, was an Anabaptist person that came over and purchased his charter. Uh, There are two main areas of the 
of the Thanksgiving lore, but really the, the story of Thanksgiving comes out of one. There was Jamestown that was founded by the Puritans who were still part of the Anglican Church. And they were the, they were the, so to speak, the ones that had the authority of Europe, England, etc., to, to found Jamestown. There was another place that was known as Plymouth Rock. And this is really where the tradition of Thanksgiving comes from, is Plymouth Rock. And if you visit there, there's actually still a street that is named after my ancestors. It's called Chilton Street because on my mama's side, my mama's maiden name was Chilton, and there were Chiltons that came over on the Mayflower. And the Mayflower was Quakers and Shakers who were severely persecuted in England. So they originally started out and they escaped to Holland and it was there. And I can't remember what kind of ship. It was a merchant ship and it was a piece of junk, the Mayflower was. And if you study this, they didn't even think they would make it all the way across. And half of them didn't. Half of them died of disease and and other things on the way over here. And then many, many more died after they got here because of the severe winter there at Plymouth Rock. And so um, they would have died, but there was an Indian, and I can't remember his name, or a Native American, whatever you want to call him. And by the way, let's explain the word Indian, because there's a lot of people that are revising history that get it wrong. They thought that they called them Indians because they thought they were in the eastern India region. That is not true. It was a western language where they called him Indian, short for indigenous people. Let's set the record straight for all of these, I want to say dingbats, but I'm not going to. That want to revise history by their ignorance and their political correctness. I don't think it's ignorance or political correctness. I think it's very pointed that they are trying to to revise history. history. Yes. So we're going to set the record straight today. Exactly. And and they were indigenous people. And I don't remember the, the gentleman's name that did come to help the... They were known as pilgrims. They were Quakers. They were Shakers. That many of them probably had the Holy Ghost. Many of them believed the message. This is the side that you don't hear about. But if you go back and study the Anabaptist movement, you will see this very clearly. Originally, the Anabaptists baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, this is all bore out in history. So I don't know. Uh, my my history with the apostolic message, to my knowledge, goes, only goes back to my great-great-aunt Grace and the revival in Galena, Kansas. Uh, but on my mother's side, that history could even be further, and yeah. I just didn't know it until recent studies. And I've always loved Thanksgiving. When I was little, I loved Thanksgiving because my favorite pie is pumpkin pie. <laughs> pumpkin made with pumpkin or pumpkin made with yams? Pumpkin made with pumpkin. That's not pumpkin pie. And it's my sweet mother pie. makes one of the best pumpkin <laughs> pies you can eat. The gentleman's name was Squanto. Yes, Squanto. And uh, so, uh, and there are many things that we like to talk about the original day of Thanksgiving. Now, I know in Canada they celebrate Thanksgiving, and it goes clear back to the 1600s where a man gives Thanksgiving for making it safely across the ocean. I don't know a lot about that, but they still celebrate it. They just celebrate it on a day in October, I believe. And I don't know. Nevertheless, it is Thanksgiving, and that's what I love about it. It is giving thanks to God for his safety and for his provision. I have read traditional... uh, accounts of the history of when the what are known as the pilgrims these Anabaptist Quakers and Shakers landed here the winter was so severe and they were so unprepared that they would ration the food that they had left and I have read accounts where 
it got so severe that the ration of food was two kernels of corn a day and a little piece of bread. That is severe. And many people died of starvation during that time. And so when Squanto showed up, that was, uh, in their mind and in my mind, because I know the providence of God and I believe in the providence of God. Yes. That was the providence and the hand of God that had come to spare them. And in the way that he taught them to hunt and he taught them to plant and they would take the corn and they would plant it with the fish, the body of the fish, which would act like a, a fertilizer and make, and it was so plentiful that year that it was a complete turnaround. The soil was so rich. Yeah. And they had such a bountiful harvest that they wanted to give three days of thanksgiving to God. If our thanksgiving lasted three days, I would be as big as a beached whale. <laughs> I don't know if I could eat that much in three days. But it wasn't just eating. They I had could. games. They there There was much prayer much thanksgiving yeah and much witnessing and and explaining to the uh, the natives that were there their their providential belief in god and who god was and so there's just a bunch of of that story that is fascinating to me and uh and through the years the thanksgiving has always kicked off the holiday season. Now, here in America and really around the world, the holiday season has become a commercial season. It becomes a consuming frenzy, and I think that has a lot to do with the depression of our world. But it would be so great if we would adopt a spirit of thanksgiving for the hand of providence of our God, who is Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider, clear up into the celebration of that time that we celebrate when he became a man and he was born into this world. And uh, in olden days, that's what it was. Um, That's an ancient expression, olden days. But it would be cool if we could get back to that. So let's talk about it. And so glad to have Brother Jordan Pound with us. Maybe he can share with us some of the traditions of his family as well because they grew up in california he didn't have a mic we took his mic well we can give it back to him but we're glad that he's with us today he does such an incredible job and and all of you that are watching or listening to this maybe you have some incredible traditions that you would share with us because thanksgiving is a time of tradition a time of family a time of just uh, getting together just wonderful it's a wonderful time of the year yeah well i did find out in research for this that seeing as we're mostly a scriptural podcast try to be a completely scriptural podcast mostly and sometimes we get sidetracked (laughs) but i did figure out there is a massive debate as to whether the jewish people can eat turkey or not because it's not mentioned in scripture. <laughs> so maybe you're out there and you're listening. Let us know whether you eat turkey or not. Well, is would turkey be considered an unclean bird? I know chicken is. They don't eat chicken because it's unclean. I'm so glad that Peter got that vision from God yes. where I can eat chicken now. But uh, that is fascinating to, to me. I do know they're not going to have ham during turkey during Thanksgiving. Yes, during turkey season. Turkey season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> gobble, gobble. You know, that's that's one of the biggest things for me <clears throat> is that I have to eat turkey on Thanksgiving. One time I went to one of our family dinners. I won't mention which one because then I'll get in trouble. <laughs> and it was, it was just ham and it devastated me. You know, but I guess that's the commercial aspect that Bishop was talking about. Two of the best turkeys I ever ate. It's great English there. The first one, 
I didn't. I was way too little to help cook, and we almost burnt Dad's house down. Grandpa's wasn't it? Or no, was it, it was in house? the garage in our garage. And they deep fried the turkey, and the yes. grease boiled over, and or the oil, and then it caught on fire, and we almost burnt the house down. And the second one was, I think it was this last year, or the year before we went to visit my brother-in-law in Texas, and he had never cooked a turkey before, so he bought this stuff from Walmart. And it's just, we did everything we thought it. We injected the turkey. We rubbed the turkey. We we marinated the turkey. That is the one of the best turkeys I've ever had in my life. It was divine. Well, I remember that turkey that almost burnt the house down, and that really was good. It was a deep-fried turkey. And we learned real quick that you don't want that thing froze, and you don't want any water on it when you put it in that pot. That cauldron of boiling oil, peanut oil. You can't even find peanut oil anymore, but that's the best way oh, yeah. to deep fry a turkey, all of you that are. And there's probably those of you that could give us some incredible expert advice on deep frying the turkey. I've never had a smoked turkey before. I have. They're I have. extremely delicious. That reminds me, maybe we ought to smoke a turkey. We uh, ought to. We I almost to. smoked a turkey out at the farm the other day. <laughs> I think that's a different <laughs> smoked. <laughs> well, you better get a tag before you do that. Because you are on international podcast right now. They are watching you. <laughs> well, it is turkey season, so. How dare you shoot a turkey? <clears throat> but, um, yeah, turkey is the biggest tradition for me. We We mentioned it just a little bit before. The podcast, well, in the beginning of this podcast, one of the greatest traditions for me, it, and it actually comes all the way back from Plymouth Rock, is that when we, as a family, when we get up on Thanksgiving, all of us guys would get up early, early in the morning. And uh, perhaps if we were here in town, me and my dad and my brother would go out to the, the duck blind sit there and you know all of that is so amazing because that's that is one it's very important for thanksgiving and whatever you do um even as a church bishop always tells us look around and find people that are maybe they're alone maybe they don't have family maybe they uh you know they don't have anybody around them find those people and and connect with them so that's one of our biggest points of connection throughout the years. Our family gets together and we go hunting and, you know, we may, we may be successful. We may not, but it's not really about that. It's about enjoying the time together, uh, fellowshipping and, and being close to one another. Um, I can remember specific times, uh, since we're just talking about this. Um, I can remember times my grandpa had a, my grandpa elder had a, an old Jeep Grand Wagoneer. And that was a beast of a vehicle. That was a tough rig. I wish I still had that today. Old V8. It was like a tank. You could not stop that thing. 360 engine. Yeah. And, uh, we piled in there. It was my, my dad, myself. Brother Nathan Carricker, who pastors in Hutchison, Kansas now. Brother Jack Carricker was sitting in the front seat, and my grandpa was driving. And we drove all over central Kansas looking for pheasants. And uh, those are the kind of memories that are important for us as families to, to bring these traditions, pass them down from generation to generation, and make something out of our family heritages. And I know there's a lot of people that maybe you're coming into the church and you're new in church. Um, it don't have to be hunting. It don't have to be anything, but just get those traditions. Yes. Build those traditions. Family traditions are so important. And uh, I think those are some of the greatest times that I've ever had. One memory I have is we'd always... Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I 
used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. The years, and when the boys were little, when when uh, Brother Jeffrey and Brother Mitchell were little, we always went back either to Kansas or Oklahoma. Yeah. Because there were already established traditions in uh, that we had in uh, Kansas and Oklahoma from Brother Mr. Westberg, my wife's parents, established traditions, and then Brother and Sister Elder established traditions there. So around Thanksgiving, we'd go back either at one or, or the other place. One was in Oklahoma, one was in Kansas. But I remember one uh, close to Thanksgiving. We were there in Kansas, and my dad took Jeffrey and Mitchell turkey hunting out at Putman's. And we had, that, that's a farmer that had some incredible land on the Arkansas River. Wish we could still get in there. But... Um, I will never forget my son, Mitchell. He's a little old bitty guy. I don't know, seven or eight, nine. And he had a shotgun, and he was chasing a turkey. And they were going around. It was hilarious. That turkey had saw him. It was a big old tom. He'd seen Mitchell. Mitchell was sneaking. And that turkey was just following him around this tree. And they couldn't. he couldn't see the turkey, but the turkey could see him. And it was like they were playing merry-go-round on this tree. <laughs> Mitch was trying to get, get that turkey. He was trying to smoke a turkey. He was trying to smoke that turkey, and that turkey had already seen him, and he was kind of curious and wondering, what in the world is this kid doing sneaking around here? And finally the, the turkey ran off. He, he, I don't think he ever saw the turkey. But we were sitting in the car, my father and I, and we were just laughing our heads off watching this merry-go-round take place. They weren't laughing at me. They were laughing with me. That we were yes. laughing. We were laughing <laughs> at with you. <laughs> and just a ton of memories uh, there. Uh, and then when the when Melody was born, the boys got older. We told our parents we're going to start staying home and building our own traditions because they needed those traditions. And so my parents and her parents started coming out here. And we could we could stop here and talk about this because uh, my father really didn't have family traditions. His father was not a really good, his father was not a good father at all. So it was up to my father when God saved him to build these traditions, and he became the father to me and to my sisters and the grandfather to our kids uh, that he never had, and he became an Abraham in our life. Yeah. Where he started it, and he he, his love for God and his love for his family, were fierce. His devotion and his loyalty to God and to his family, was just a fierce thing that we've tried to pass down as a tradition in our family. So it became pretty noisy in the elder house at Thanksgiving. It, it was who could yell the loudest, and nobody was really listening. They were just trying to yell the loudest. And uh, so if you were quiet, you just kind of sat in the corner and grinned and ate turkey and pumpkin pie. <laughs> there will always be good food and lots of fun and at least one good heated debate. Yes. Yes, heated debate. That's what we call them. We're not arguing. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is when, when we had Brother James over... Bro, you can't tell this. <laughs> then they're all going to listen to it and know what I did. Who <laughs> <laughs> was at the time was a brand new convert. And uh, our family was having a heated debate. And he was just kind of oh, sitting yeah, there, you know, just taking it all in. And Mitchell just asks a very loaded question. And just sits back and watches the nuclear explosion. <laughs> and Brother James is just like, 
what's going on here? You know, wide-eyed, looking back and forth. He probably thought they were mad at each other. Yeah. They were yelling. Yeah. Someone was standing up, shouting, pointing <laughs> with their finger. The, the same thing Well, is, that's an elder tradition, too, is pointing with your finger. Yeah. And we tell them, put that away. That's a loaded gun. <laughs> put that finger away. It's a loaded gun. My poor wife, when we when we first got married, she didn't know how to handle it. Her family's so laid back. And so, you know, she's like thinking we're having a, a falling out or something. You know? Our family's <laughs> splitting up. I disown you. But, you know, it, that brings up another point that in those kinds of, of, of deals is uh, as you grow in a family, when those times come, you know, you you understand we're still family. We still love each other. And in the world that we're living in today, you know, there's so much, um, you know, there's so much feuding and fighting and so much division in families. And canceling. Yeah. Just cancel somebody because they don't agree with you. That That is the height of ignorance. Yeah. That does not show intelligence. That shows ignorance. And, uh. We don't cancel people just because we don't agree no. with them. No. And, but, you know, you bring up a good point there, Brother Jeffrey, because people do that because of the dysfunction of families. Right. They never learned to work through. They never realized that just because somebody disagrees with them does not mean that, that that's my enemy or that is. Uh, family learns to work through this. And there are so many people today that are that are extremely lacking in social skills because they have never, that's what family does. Family develops those social skills to where you work through, you negotiate, you, you work through. That's what happens with a son and his father. It is, there is a, there is a code of respect. And we talk about this so often with married couples in this church, a woman in a woman's mind Security and love are synonymous. When you talk about love to a woman, if you will talk securely to her, even if you're scared spitless and you're the man of that relationship and she's going out of her mind and you just look at her and say, baby, I got this. We Everything's going to be okay. And then when you get in the closet, you think, my God, what in the world am I going to do? But that creates this scenario of love and security. A, a woman, in her mind, love and security are the same thing. Yeah. Well, in the same way, in a man's mind, and I'm telling you, I have literally counseled thousands of couples in 42 years of ministry, and I have yet to sit in an office and hear a man say, she just don't love me. He doesn't say that. He says, she don't respect me, because in his mind, respect and love are synonymous. They're the same thing. So when a man and a and a son grow together, they learn this code of respect. Well, they have to have encounters for that to happen. And if there is no father in the home, yeah. if there is dysfunction, then the man learns to cancel out people. He just turns them off. And and so when he gets married, he, he tries that with his wife, and that doesn't work at all. You don't you don't cancel out your wife. That, I, let me give you a word of advice, young man. Do not try canceling out your wife. That will not work. Well, so, you never, you didn't dream that all of this was in Thanksgiving. It, it really is because the family traditions. And, oh, yes. And, and as people come into the church, it just, it's amazing to watch. Especially with our our church is so close knit and we've watched it so many times. New converts come in first Thanksgiving. They're at our house, but then as they grow, as they become greater in God, you know, they have their own traditions. It's amazing. But I want to kind of stay on what you're saying about the, the idea of the canceling, because I know we're, we're pretty far removed from this, but this was such a, a teaching point in my life. As I watched in the last presidential election, one of the debates was probably one of the worst debates that I've ever seen in my life. And I don't want to speak disparaging of these men because I know they're leaders and 
and and but to me, you know, it was like <laughs> like these two old men mad at each other, you know, talking about how oh well this guy's bad because blah blah blah, and this guy's over here well he's bad because yeah yeah yeah, you know, and there was no clarify that you did not see that on TV because we no. don't have TV. No, of course not. <laughs> um, Just making sure that everybody knows that I still preach against Hollywood. Of course, as well as I, I believe and so that. so does Brother Jeffrey and Brother Mitchell. believe that wholeheartedly. But to me, what that is, is as I was, as I was watching this... <laughs> Not on TV. On Fox. On, on you, your telephone. On YouTube. Yeah, not a television. Telephone. Telephone. On, on YouTube. <laughs> I'm gonna That's listen, hilarious. I'm going to wreck this thought real quick. <laughs> no, no. Let's, we're listening. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, this is the state of people because this is the this is what is in front of them. This is the leadership in their life. Yes. And I, it's not just those two politicians, any politician for the last 30, 40 years. There's no mutual respect in any manner. It's just we're going to destroy you. We're going to have ad hominem attacks to, because we don't have anything of value to say why I am better as a candidate than them. And so if that transfers to the people, then when we get mad at each other, we don't discuss it and talk it out and get through it through discussion and debate. Debate is very important. Debate is part of social skills. Understanding how to debate. Learning how not to poison the well is what they call that in a debate. Yeah. And so if that is the vision of what's what's happening among people, you know, people at work get mad at each other and then they just go off and you know, they, they'll never get they over it. postal is what they used to say. <laughs> <laughs> they just, you know, for the rest of that career, you can never enjoy one more day with that coworker. And if you're there for 20 years, that's going to be a sad state of affairs. The leadership of a democratic republic are always a reflection of the state of the people. Are you driven by a desire to create change? Dive into From Passion to Purpose, where we unlock the stories of nonprofit trailblazers. Get inspired as leaders share invaluable tips and transformative tales that empower you to make a lasting impact in your community. Tune in and ignite your passion into purpose today. Let's talk about the real Pandora's box, though, with this, and then let's get back to Thanksgiving. If anybody's ever read the mythology of the Pandora box, it was Pandora's box was full of evil spirits and evil animals, and they were warned, don't open the box. You open the box, you will let them out. And uh, I don't remember if that was Greek mythology or Aesop's fables. I, that's what I get. I learned I, to read. I'm pretty sure it was Greek mythology. When I was four years old, I was always getting in trouble for reading instead of doing my schoolwork. I guess God knew what I, he had intended and called me to do. But Pandora's, the box was opened, and the world was never the same after that. The Pandora in this case, the Pandora's box in this case, is the news media. Uh, because they want to, they they're they're not out to report news. They're out to make news. Yeah. And so you have, and I do not, I do not excuse these politicians for doing this. But they know that if they talk about the values that they have, and if they talk about the ideas that they have. In the minds of the news media, that's not newsworthy. Right. And so they are egged on. Well, in the same way, you have the you have the celebrity world. That's the same way. That's always trying to become more perverted. That's why we that's why we wholeheartedly preach against 
television and yeah. Hollywood and and all of that side of it is because the Bible says that they they spend all of their time in doing nothing but doing something new, some greater, a heightened act that causes the the, the blood pressure to rise and people's that that is scandalous. That's where the word scandalous comes from. And so, I do now the last two men that in this election, uh, both of them are truly old men. <laughs> and they uh, do not like each other. But I will say that one of them's values are a whole lot better than the one that we have now. Yeah. So pray for us if you're in another country. Well, there is there is some new evidence coming out. So that would just all go down that way. That's still huge. That. Huge. No, no. Let's stay with Thanksgiving. See what we mean about elder de- uh, elder uh, <sighs> debates and, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But I think that does tie to Thanksgiving, especially in the church, because, you know, as people come out of dysfunction and all that we've already discussed, they have to learn how to interact. They do. Even well, in, the, in the church setting. It's a family. And you brought up, you guys went there, so I didn't. You all brought up politics, so. Well, that's part of Thanksgiving, isn't it? Yes. Thank God I'm not a politician. (laughs) But because because Satan has destroyed the home within the United States, the nuclear family, and we've lost the ability to communicate correctly, now when it was no big thing to have someone from the as they say in that world from the opposite side of the aisle to be your friend it was no big thing then now it's literally the test of fellowship with the question are you republican or democrat are you liberal or conservative and if you give the wrong answer that is literally the further. test of fellowship. Let's talk about families that have unsaved loved ones. Yeah. Or do you cut them off? I have people in our church, uh, not this church here in Pueblo that I'm aware of, but in the other church that I pastor, that that is literally a test of fellowship. They have been cut off from their family. This is cultic. This is not familial. No. And we need to talk about this because if we have unsaved loved ones, that is not the place to air out our differences and 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 condemn them uh, and mock them and make fun of them and tell them how unsaved they are. Uh, here's what Jesus said: "By this shall all men know ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another, not one for another." That can be passive. But if you have love one to another, that is active. That is active love. And so Thanksgiving is, it could be a time of salvation if it's done right. And if somebody asks me and there's a true, honest uh, uh, desire to know, uh, then yes, that is an open door. But if if it is caustic and it is hurting and it is destructive, uh, that is no place. Let's. Uh, it's not a place to alienate family members. It's a place to include family members, and uh, and and I believe you can do that. We had family members that were so lost from God, and in my father's home, you didn't drink, yeah, alcohol because my father was a former alcoholic and God delivered him, and he just cut that off. Uh, you didn't smoke cigarettes or marijuana. It didn't matter how medicinal you thought it was. You didn't smoke marijuana at my father's house. And uh, sometime we need to do a session on medicinal marijuana. That is the biggest lie that Satan has told the world. If you're smoking marijuana, there is no CBD value in it hardly whatsoever. It is totally THC value. That means nothing to most of you. But in the medical world, they know what I'm talking about. And And the healing value of marijuana is not the THC value. It's the CBD value. 
and uh, so uh, we could just do a whole deal on that because I've studied ad nauseum on that, and uh, that could be another debate at your Thanksgiving table this year. Uh, that that might be a debate <laughs> of alienation. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but that's not the place to. You know, you can have convictions and you can have standards in your home without alienating your family members. And and that that uh, respect and that honesty works both ways. If I'm moving into somebody's home to have dinner with them, I honor their home traditions. And uh, we could just do a whole series of learning those social uh those social boundaries and those social understandings and those familial understandings. For example, when I go to Asia, many of the customs over there is you take your shoes off when you go in their house. Well, I hate taking my shoes off. I hardly go barefooted at all. I don't like to take my shoes off. I heard a comedian the other day talk about that. He said, said when they asked me to take my shoes off, I said, no, nope, I'll just go home. <laughs> well, you know, you'd never visit anybody in, in Asia. That's just the custom of that. So whether I like it or not, I take my shoes off. But I do leave my socks on. Over yes. Yes. And, uh, because that's their custom. And so those are social skills that, that we learn. And this seems so immaterial, but in this dysfunctional world that we live in today, uh, it is just crazy how fragmented people's lives have become. And that's what's so beautiful about the church. And in these holidays, uh, we can we can exemplify and we can we can show people the love of Jesus Christ and how how to do these things. Thomas Jefferson, and this is probably an episode all in of itself. I don't know that I agree with this full quote, but I do agree with where he's coming from with this quote. April 22nd of 1800, in a letter to William Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson wrote, I never considered a difference of opinion in politics, in religion, in philosophy as cause for withdrawing from a friend. And I think that we've lost that pretty much as a whole. Where, because just the breakdown of of culture as a whole in the world and especially in the United States and other nations that started out as Christian nations or Judeo-Christian nations. Now, if you disagree with me on virtually anything, I'll just throw you out and go back to social media real quick and find another friend to connect with, another group to connect with instead of connecting to the person and Enjoying the relationship with an individual. Yeah, real relationship, not a virtual relationship. Yeah, we've lost the, we've lost the meaning of the word individual. Because you can get mad at them and throw that person out. And I believe there are times where you do have to look at them and say, our lives are going different directions. And you just leave it at that. But <clears throat> simply because somebody didn't vote the same way you voted... You throw them out of your life, and you lose all the depth of that individual that you will not find anywhere else because they are unique. They are individual, they, that, and God made that person like he makes fingerprints. And so it, is a, it can either be a blessing or a curse in our life, that individual. And it's according to how we receive that. Well, what I love about this and what I what I see, the more and more that we get down the road here, is that the church is the place to combat that, you know. Uh, we, we learn these principles and these ideas in the church, through the scripture, through the word of God. And, and, and in that aspect... If I was just to cut off everybody that I disagreed with, how am I going to win anybody? You know what I'm saying? Um, that to me, I have friends that 
I vast I, I disagree with very very much so in certain aspects. Um, but I still love them and I want them to be saved. And I'll never change. I I'm not gonna change who I am. I'm not going to compromise any situation. Um, you know, I've had them ask me you Or wanna, any of my values. Exactly. You know, well you wanna meet us over here and I, you know, I just tell them, you know, I I don't do that. And I'm nice about it. But I've seen it, especially uh, coming up in the world of trades. You know, there's a respect when you have values and you stand for those values. And people will look at you as, as you know, as a man of, a man of values. I know it's kind of redundant, but anyway, it's the truth. And so the church combats all of that. And uh, I know it's, there's a lot to Thanksgiving that you didn't realize, but it, it's it's important. Let's go back to the word tradition, um, because we have church traditions around here. One of the church traditions here in Pueblo, uh, many years our weeknight service was on Wednesday night. And when that was so, uh, we moved that to a Tuesday night service. So that Wednesday night would kind of be like Thanksgiving Eve and would be a time of family, but we always make that Tuesday a huge service of thanksgiving to God. And uh, now that uh, we're, I'm pastoring two churches now, uh, the one in Evans or Greeley, Colorado, it's so exciting to me, and they already have traditions, and it may be there, I don't know, but to establish those traditions in that church as well. And, uh, and, to watch their children grow up. And and maybe some of you that are in churches, they, there are Thanksgiving traditions that you would like to talk to us about, write us, because we would love to talk about them and maybe embrace them, because there are some neat ideas about traditions <clears throat> during Thanksgiving. One of the traditions, my mother doesn't do this anymore. She's um, She's not old, but she's in her 80s now. And... Uh, but one of the traditions that I loved is every Thanksgiving, she would make turkey and noodles. Oh, yeah. And I love my mother's turkey and noodles. And, mm. and her mashed potatoes, she doesn't use instant mashed potatoes. She boils those potatoes and peels them. And she makes mashed potatoes with butter and milk. And, oh, my word, it would just... The only, the only instant mashed potatoes that are good is Kentucky Fried. When <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was a little boy, that's all he would eat. We'd have to go to Kentucky Fried and get him mashed potatoes. But maybe there's some other traditions, or maybe you want to comment some more on some of these these uh, uh, the, the social side, because it is so important. Um, it's so uh, it's so important that we learn how to be a society of individuals, and we replace that society of individuals with socialism. Well, and I was thinking about that today. For instance, I was <clears throat> follow falling. Well, I was willingly walking. I wasn't going anywhere. I was listening, but I was being drugged into the rabbit hole of a certain topic. And all of a sudden it clicked in my mind what they were struggling with. And it's that when you get into the industrial revolution and then you get into the information age and all these different things, everything's being industrialized and commercialized. And we don't want to make one car we want to make a conveyor belt that we have 7,000 people or whatever they have that do one thing on this conveyor belt and so instead of making one car in a day we make however they however many Henry Ford begin to make the conveyor belt and the, you have Thomas Edison during that time you have Nikolai Tesla during that time there's a can of worms for debate right there um did 
Edison or Tesla have the better thoughts of electricity? You could. There's an actually an uplifting debate for Thanksgiving instead of whether your political party won or not. But anyway, um, <laughs> that it's uh, gonna get pretty interesting. <laughs> so you have the industrial revolution and all this stuff going on. And they're Would trying you prefer to prefer a gas or a diesel engine or electric <laughs> car. <laughs> and which there's a lot of good things that came out of that. But things begin to lose their individuality because they were mass produced. In fact, to the point where if you found something that was incorrectly mass produced, it was an anomaly and became a collector's item. People do this with coins, coins that were misprinted from the U.S. Mint or other mints, pull in sometimes great amounts of value because they have an individuality about them. In this world of mass production, they are unique, and so people seek after these things. And our world has become so good at mass-producing things that we've come to the point where we think we can mass-produce humans, and you can't mass-produce a human. Humans don't fit into cookie cutters. They are individuals. And so, if we're not careful, we forget that. The beautiful thing is that you mentioned uh, a word. You mentioned socialism, which social people etc. The church is a societal phenomenon because you can do it. If you're listening to this, next time you go to church, go into church, or if you go out to eat or you go to a church function, sit down and think about all the different cultural backgrounds that are in that room. There is no way on earth any of you or most of you would have ever crossed paths without the church. You have people that come from urban cultures. You have people that come from rural cultures. You have people that come from the trades as a work culture. You have people that come from academia. All these cultures come together in the church and they intermingle. That's the beauty of the church. You don't hardly ever encounter that anywhere else in society where you have all these different cultures intermingling if we're not if we're not careful that can cause conflict but if we realize what God is doing God is putting together a mosaic of all kindreds of all nations of all ethnicities he's putting together this masterpiece of art and we play a key role in that well and the the overriding factor of that is we embrace our Father and we embrace His truth, which brings us together. In, in a national sense, let's talk about this because Thanksgiving is pretty much a, a national holiday. It's an American holiday. And when I say American, I'm including, North, let's say, North American holiday. And for many, many years, uh, we were accused by other nations of not having our own culture. The only problem with America is they're just, they don't have culture. Well, we do have culture. We have a culture of freedom. And that is the overriding theme. Uh, one nation under God. And God was who we recognize gave us that freedom. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about is we are giving thanks to God. That is our culture. They're trying to destroy that culture today. They're trying to say it's not. And in you watch, they will try to destroy Thanksgiving. Those that are opposed to that because... Oh, they already are. It is. They will call it all kinds of things. They will call it... Turkey Day. They'll, you know, they want to take away... In the same way that Satan constantly has tried to eradicate the geographical nation of Israel because he knows that as long as the geographic nation of Israel is in the world, then there is historical testimony yeah. 
that God was born among men. Right. Right. And so that's all part of our culture too, and they want to eliminate that. But by the grace of God, with podcasts like this and other people that will unabashedly, unashamedly, and and not be intimidated to be canceled out, you know, talk about this. Uh, because this is that I think that America, and I say this carefully, uh, there are other nations that are great nations, but I think America is the greatest nation in the world because of that. That freedom that we recognize comes from God. I've had people tell me, I've had people in the academic world, I, I teach in college, etc. I don't make a big deal out of that, but uh, in the academic world, they said, well, we need a one-world system. Okay, you want a world system? one-world system? I agree with you. Let the whole world adopt the Declaration of Independence, the United States of America. Let them adopt the Bill of Rights. Let them adopt the U.S. Constitution. And we could become the United World of America. Yes, we could just... It wouldn't be America. That's the... It would just be... Anyway. United... Not, not the United Nations. No, it would be the United World <laughs> of America. Here's another debate for Thanksgiving, folks. Here you go, right here. That's what why you're get, eating your turkey. That one might get a little heated. <laughs> uh, but uh, because of that, you have to have the common, in a mathematical sense, it would be the common denominator, but in a relational sense it would be the common love the bible says it like this uh to buy the truth and sell it not and and we in the apostolic world we would wholeheartedly say buy the apostolic truth it is the truth of god it's not our truth it is the universal truth of salvation right we're not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ for it is the power of god unto salvation. But in a more general sense, the truth that God is our creator and that we have the freedoms and the liberties that we have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I was listening to the book of Philemon today, one of the shortest books in the New Testament, and I was amazed again how Paul appeals to this slave owner that you no longer look at him as a slave, but as a brother. And then we'll move ahead to the Christmas holiday and talk about one of my favorite Christmas carols is that, Oh, Holy Night. Surely he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break. For the slave is our brother. Where did that come? That come right out of the Bible. Where Paul appeals to this man. Says, Philemon, you owe me your life. And all I ask for you is to treat Onesimus as your brother. And not as a slave. That is the culture of freedom. That is the culture that is born under God. And and God teaches us to love one another. And, and so that is part of the American culture is that culture of freedom that comes from thanksgiving and you really can't have a great thanksgiving holiday without a spirit no. of worship and praise and thanksgiving i know that we have a lot of listeners that are listening from all over the world and uh, of course we're talking about this as bishop said the north american holiday of Thanksgiving, but even though you may be all over the world, our holiday of Thanksgiving is on November the 25th, it's Thursday. Every year? Uh, every year. Every year. God. But uh, every year. I think, <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> I think, I think that it would be in order for you to stop wherever you are and to give thanks because the Bible says in First Thessalonians 5 and 18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God, Christ Jesus, concerning you. So Thanksgiving 
is more than just North American holiday. It is an apostolic holiday because like it's every day of our life. Yeah. In everything, give thanks. And uh, the Apostle Paul had a lot of reasons to be down and out and live in the Molly Grobs, but he changed his world with a mindset of in everything, give thanks. And that's what I want in my life, no matter what I'm facing, in everything, give thanks. So God bless every single one of you. We appreciate you being with us. I've been thinking throughout this whole podcast of a cool social media idea to get you involved, interactive. So if you have an Instagram, we will be posting very soon within the next couple of days something for you to get involved and to speak back to us about your traditions of Thanksgiving and to speak to us of what you do during the holiday season, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, Christmas is an international holiday, so you can get involved with that. And uh, just so we can interact. We love every single one of you. Thank you for being with us. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving, whether you're eating turkey or whether you're eating lamb. <clears throat> yes. I think they eat duck. I yeah. like duck. I eat duck. We have a man in our church that makes duck jerky. It's really good. You have to try it sometime. Yeah. He could start an international deal if we just, I'm giving him a shout out right now. That's right. That's right. So whatever you do, give thanks. God bless you. Oh!